Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast. I'm super excited to be joined by a good friend of mine and now reoccurring guest, Chad Coy. This week we talk about what has really helped Chad overcome his decades, literally decades. You'll hear me say it over and over in this podcast that Chad has been training people longer than I've been alive. But what's helped him overcome burnout or feelings of burnout over certain periods of his career? We talk about strength standards and I really like Chad's answer to that question. And then... You know, we talk a little biz, just a little biz there, and um, Chad also gives some really good insight as to what he's doing in his business, in his gym right now that's working really well. So this is definitely an awesome episode. Chad Coy is a strength legend. He gets into a little bit about his background, but I'll let him talk about that. Sit back, crack a beer, coffee, whatever you've got, and enjoy. Let's start with a quick uh, overview as to who you are, where you are, why you're doing it, and where you're doing it. Um, well, I'm a 50-year-old man who has been doing sports performance strength for close to 30 years. I had my own facility for 20 years. Through divorce, I ended up homeless, jobless, businessless. So I took a new job working for some orthopedic surgeons in Illinois, built their business. It's the second franchise in the Parisi Speed School I've done. And then they sold the business, and the hospital that bought it from them, downsized me, aka shit canned me, and then I had to find a new place to live in a new facility, and then I met some guys down here in Missouri, here <laughs> in Columbia, uh, Terry and James, they own uh, Wilson's Fitness, there's three facilities in the Missouri Athletic Center, which is their fourth facility, and a couple of pools, which is kind of cool, um, and they've always wanted to do youth performance training, so they're like, hey dude, what would it take to get down here? So I don't know, put together a good offer and we'll talk. And then they put together this great offer and I moved to Missouri. So wow. we're, uh, we started about a year ago with my first client, Matt Kazak. And it's kind of ironic. I mean, he was my first kid in and, uh, you know, when's this going to air, Chasey? Um, it will go up in about two hours from this. In about two hours. Good. Well, then I'll have to keep the other cool news to myself. We'll discuss it offline. Oh, he's all you people to hear. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, okay. Chad Coy, um, world's strongest man, Chad Coy. Um, no, 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 no. We're just going to go. Well, okay. So, so I, in my mind, you're like the world's strongest man. You are a former representative of the united states in the strongest man yeah okay sure that's definitely. okay there it is boom okay um since retired are you retired from strongman nope uh this will be my last year um getting a little banged up a little old but i've decided that one more year is in the in the in the, in the mix 2019 will be my last year as a professional strongman my 25th year i've done 111 contests i'm looking at doing four more to polish my career off at 115 um, maybe more. I don't know. It would kind of, then I kind of slowly thought in the back of my head, you know, if I compete to 2020, that means I'll have competed in four separate decades. I think that would be pretty fucking wild. That is pretty wild. So let's not write off 2019 yet. Maybe there's one show in 2020 you can do. Uh, well, 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 let's get through 2019. I mean, you know, you start falling apart, getting old. You know, I got some degenerative discs in my back. So I'm, 
I've got to, uh, I'm approaching things a lot differently now than I ever have in the past. Um, not nearly the amount of volume I'd like, except in single leg movements and more conditioning, you know, so I'm not training as heavy, but building that strength base to where I need it. So it should be, it's, it's fun. It's interesting. Well, it kind of touches on my first question here and it may be, and you can answer it however you'd like. Um, for those of you that are maybe tuning in three things, three questions I've got written on a piece of paper here, Chad's going to answer them like a true gentleman. Um, and he is just going to answer them however he interprets them. But Chad, the first question's on burnout and you just talked about how you've been in business for, you were the, like the second Parisi franchise. You've been strength training and competing in strongman. You've been strength training probably since you were like 10, but you've been competing in strongman for 25 years. What are some things that have helped you from preventing burnout in any regards to that? Will it be training, business, whatever, like what keeps well, you moving forward? It, it's your passion. What's your passion? If you're, if you're, if you're living your passion, then you don't get burnout. Um, I think for me, it's always the process more than anything. Honestly, competing has never been the end all. It's the process. It's mastering yourself. It's finding um, how do I master? How do I? How do I master the business? How do I master the coaching? How do I master the training? You know, and, and to me, they all go hand in hand. You know, I, I train so that I can remember what it's like to be an athlete train so I can remember what it's like to prepare for something you know and I think that's the thing you know when, and then in business you know you have to do the little things on a daily basis to be successful um, burnout uh, you know you know there's a fine line between success and burnout and and you know you've got to understand you're kind of tiptoeing on the fence per se and you know one little slip and well bam hello you know you smash your nuggets but uh, <laughs> you know, like, the thing is is that you've with time like I'm taking a vacation in two weeks for the first time in four years. You know, um Friday, honestly, I, I talked to my coach. I'm like, man, I'm smoked. I need you to coach the morning sessions on Saturday. I'll come in at eleven, we'll do the eval, we'll be cool. So sometimes I think it's just understanding what you can do. You know, I've always worked, um I've never been outworked, I would say. Um, you know, working a 55, 60 hours a week. I mean, that's not normal. I mean if I worked a 40 hour week, I wouldn't know what to do with myself, you know? So I think just being there working, that's just part of who I am. I think other people, you've got to figure out what makes you tick. If you need more time away, then take more time away. Um, I've always felt like, you know, what I want to, I don't want to burn out because then I'm not as good a coach. I'm not as good a training partner or, or trainer or business person. So I try to take enough time to, you know, balance that out. And, so you just kind of touched on a few things there with like vacation and, and kind of knowing when you need to just kind of slow down a little bit. I won't say like back off, but just kind of slow down and say, Hey, I do need you to do some things in the morning for me so I can handle my business. What are maybe some things that you've changed or done to kind of help with the self care aspect of Chad Coy? Like maybe even like the last like five to 10 years, maybe like different from the first half of your career to the second half. Like how has that kind of transitioned um, into being able to say, I need to take more time for me. Mm, such a, such a, I don't know. I mean, is that I, an Oprah question? Did I just hit you with an Oprah question? I didn't, yeah, it was kind of an Oprah question, but you know, I, mean, it, it, I guess it's kind of like this. I mean, when I was younger, it's funny cause I didn't need as much sleep. I mean, now I've come to realize, man, I got to have more sleep. When I was younger, 
you know, six hours of sleep, I, I functioned great on that. I could go. I mean, I remember like you're going through the child, child, uh, one child. So my last child, I was, let's see, I'm, oh, I was 36 when he was born. So, you know, I was still grinding, you know, I could sleep six hours, you know, feed a baby in the middle of the night, still get up at four in the morning, eat breakfast, go train, you know, and, and then work a full day. Now what I've come to realize as I've gotten older, I can't, I just can't function like that anymore. Um, so I tend to go to bed earlier um, and, and just, I've got a set routine. So I'm getting eight hours of sleep where when I was younger, I just didn't need it. Now I, I find like I need it. And then when I start to feel myself getting a little burnt out, you know, I just turn the, turn the phone off, turn the computer off, read. I mean, that's, that's what I like to read a lot. So, you know, I'll, I'll just flip on a web page I like and read, you know, read for 20 minutes and then go back to work, you know, mm-hmm. refresh my mind, um, get excited. You know, it's like I'm, I, I've delved back in and picked up a few of my old Louis Simmons books and I'm reading those, to, you know, velocity and, speed dynamic effort and just like okay refreshing those you know always continue to read i love t nation so and a lot of friends write for those guys so you know hey you go to the bathroom four or five times a day pick up flip through and read an article so sorry that might be a little crude but you know we all know everyone does it it's what it's what that's what the beauty of technology is man like what's if you're gonna have a smartphone you got to use it when you need it Eat five thousand calories a day, you can go to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> need something to do, so I just I read some article. So. Well, I think that's or, important. Or, or do social media posts. That's a great time to do that. Right, it's, it's schedule them when you're there. Um, but I think like the topic of self care and like burnout, I think that's something that I I find fascinated because I've, you know, I'm at the point where I've been at the same gym for over a decade now, and everyone. I come across like, Oh, are you still doing, are you still doing? And, and my answer is always like, yeah, why wouldn't I be doing? And, and it's like you said, like passion, um, you know, doing what you actually like doing is a huge part of avoiding burnout. And then also like just making sure you're doing the steps that are unique to you to make sure that your brain and, and charisma and all the other personal qualities you need to have in this industry are still operating at a high level knowing when to kind of back off is huge. And that's something that I'm trying to listen to now, whether it be myself or family or, or kind of other signs that I need, but it's, uh, it's always nice to hear from a dude who's been doing it longer than I've been alive. You know, I mean, Casey, I think the one thing, if I can give you any advice over the last 30 years, it's like, you know what, you've got a daughter at home that wants to see your dad every day, that wants to have a relationship with her dad every day. Um, take that time and spend it with those kids because you know what, they're going to grow up someday. I mean, my daughter's 26 she's on her own. I don't see her as much. You know, I miss her. You know, I see my, my, I, I don't see my youngest son. She, he lives with his mom and Reese lives here and you know, he's 18. He'd rather hang out with his buddies. So while they're young, develop that relationship, develop that time with them and, and, and love and cherish that because they'll grow up. You know, your business is always going to be here. You have to work to make money, you know, but I think, I think what most people do, why they get burnt out, it's because they do something they're not passionate about. And I always tell when I talk to my kids that I coach, it's like pour your life into it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you did something you're passionate about. And, you know, if you're really good at it, you'll make the kind of money you want to make. You know, but, you know, I've had a six-figure job. I've worn a suit every day. I've choked on a goddamn tie every day. And, you know what? Made six figures. That's great stuff. But, you know what? I wasn't happy. 
you know, and right now I get to go make a difference in adults and kids lives on a daily basis. And like, you know what? So no, do I get burnt out? There's days that I'm tired, but you know what? There's days like, honestly, Friday night, snowstorm here. No one wants to come out. Had four kids come to the jumpstart session. Had this little kid come to the, his name's Harrison, comes to the, the five o'clock total performance session. What's he want? He just wants to lift. His, I mean, he's just, he wants to lift. And you know what? He's like, at the end, he goes, I want to flip some tire. I'm like, well, how about we do some strongman? So we did some farmer's walk. And then the kids, like, you know, we were talking about ice baths. He goes, well, we just snow. We go lay in the ice or in the snow. So I go out and bury the kid in the snow. And he's like, this is the most awesome time I've ever had. And I'm there, <laughs> like, I had a 13-year-old kid that just did tire flips, farmer's walks after his workout because he wanted to do that stuff instead of conditioning, which, oh, man, you're going to ask a strongman to do strongman stuff? No problem. I'll teach you how to do it. He had a blast, came back the next morning to do another session. You know, and, and when you see that kid's light bulb go off, it's like he gets this big smile on his face and just red face and sucking gas. And he's like, that was great. Can we do it again? How could you not come back to that? Yeah. You know, you know that kid you're going to make a difference with. He came in. No one else was there. I want to do this. No problem, bro. We'll get it done. And you know what? When you see kids, when you see that you're making a difference in a kid or, a, or, or an adult's life, that's going to keep you coming back. I think what ends up happening that too many people – get a degree in exercise science, they go get certified, they start training people, and they really truly don't give a fuck of, they wanna make, they wanna make money. You know what, if I won the lottery today, I'd still do what I'm doing. If I had a million dollars, I'd still do what I'm doing. Why? Because it's, it's worthwhile work. You know, I'm making a difference. I know, you know what, at the end of the day, you know, reading Ecclesiastes, so it's like you're reading Ecclesiastes, and, and you know, Solomon's like, you know, nothing really matters but this relationship with, 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 with God. So, you know, you know, he's had riches and women and money and power and everything. It's like nothing matters because you know what, what we do today is going to be gone in 30 years. No one's going to remember who Chad Coy was except for the few lives that I touched. And maybe those coaches that I created that continue this legacy of making something, making people better. That's what I want to do. And you know what, going to work every day, I'm 50 years old. I'm as passionate today about what I do as I was when I started. You know, and then it comes to strongman competing. I'm as passionate today about preparation. You know, the, the competition I can, great, awesome. I'm going to go do it. It's just the kind of, it's kind of like the, you, you got this end of, end of the, you know, end of the tracks. You know, so for me, for strongman, I look at it like this. There's, I've written this really, this huge, long legacy monster book. There's got to be an ending. So I've chosen I want to choose when the end is um, as far as, as far as coaching, you know what, there's, I want to touch more lives. I want to do bigger things. I want to talk at bigger events and really be able to make a difference in coaches so that they can live this life that I've had the opportunity to live. And, you know, as far as burnout, it's like, you know, there's days I need a little extra rest. I'm not, I'm not 25 anymore, you know, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't trade what I do for anything. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, I'm going to segue into a different topic. Um, I'm going to bring out your true sophisticated meathead. Um, what are a couple of your favorite standards of strength? What do you mean standards of strength? What I mean I like strength standards. So if I was to ask you, Chad Coy, if you were to be training, I say I'm a 16 year old varsity football player and I go, hey, coach, what should I be able to do on this lift? What would you say are some, some of your 
go-to just kind of like benchmarks or standards for different exercises or, or just of strength in general for a human being? Uh, 500-pound deadlift, 400-pound squat, 300-pound bench. For everyone? 5-4-3? For, for, for men. Okay. Oh, I need, I need to, I need to, uh, and again, I mean, I that's a, there. <laughs> look at the numbers. You're in the top 90 percentile of the humanity. Now there's people that are way stronger than that. I mean, criminally, I mean, the Arnold classical will be here in two weeks. And there's guys going to deadlift 1100 pounds, you know? So, I mean, if you look at, is it feasible for a high school kid to pull 500 squat, 400 bench? I've done this for decades. Yeah. It's not even, it's not even hard if you get them training consistently through their high school career. Brian Neese is the head strength coach at Brownsburg High School, and this dude turns – I mean, you you got you got an entire line of squatting 400-plus. They blow people off the ball. They're not the most athletic kids, but they start training um, in the seventh grade. And I've seen his kids – these guys are these guys are dunking 600-pound squats. You know, they're pulling 500 pounds. They're, they're held, but they clean and snatch. So, you know, I'm looking at a high school athlete. I'd like to see a high school athlete be able to snatch 225 and clean 275 to 300, you know, depending on the position, obviously. But you know what? These kids are so much more capable of getting stronger than we think. And, you know, we pansy ass around with them and doing stupid ass shit like BOSU ball squats and all the stability. It's like, get the kid fucking strong. You know what? He's A, less of less suffering being hurt, and B, he's going to perform better. So what's a good standard if say you're like a 10 year old, like what would you like, what would the, the strength standard or, or benchmark number be in a, in a lift for a child, like a, a 10 to 12 year old kid? Again, you know, right there, what's a good lift for a 10 to 12 year old kid. I don't know what their background is. I mean, I started a kid out. Can he do a PVC pipe deadlift? Can he do a PVC pipe squat? Can he do an air squat? You know, until he can master the mechanics of the movement, there's no sense in loading him. And I think that's the problem. We get so worried about the load on the bar that we forget we have to lay a foundation. And that foundation could be as simple as air squats. You know, kids can't do 10 freaking air squats, let alone 10 sets of 10 air squats. So build a foundation of general physical preparedness, and then you can get much more specific later by adding load. Now you ask, I just had one of my kids, he's nine years old. He deadlifted 155 for five reps with perfect technique. Okay. He's been with me now for close to a year. When we first started, he could barely do a 35 pound dumbbell on a sumo deadlift, you know? So it's build slow, perfect technique. And here's the crazy thing. You know, what's the best part about that kid. He runs faster. He's left something hurt. And you know what? He walks out on every time he walks out on the soccer pitch. He's like, he looks around. I own you guys. I'm going to smoke you. He, he, he does a hat trick almost every, every other game, dude. I mean, the guys, and, but you know what it is? He just walks out and he's confident. He walks out and he knows he's going to, he's playing kids against his, his own age. He's going to annihilate. He played up. He plays on a 10U team. They played a 13U team and he beats the 13U team. He scored three goals in the first 10 minutes. And then he was a defensive nightmare the rest of the night. So, you know, to sit here a strength standard for a 10 to 12 year old, you know what, hell, I'd like, I'd be happy to see if they could do a chin up. You know, the old standard used to be that, you know, the average American boy in 1982 could do, could do nine chin-ups. And then in, in 2010, three, the average American boy can't do a freaking chin-up. They're weak. You know, when I was a kid, you went out and played outside. Kids don't play. You know, so we've got to indoctrinate these kids that strength training, these basic movements of uh, air squats, lunges, step-ups, chin-ups, push-ups. Kids can't even do a push-up. 
it looks like some funky worm thing. I don't even know what the hell it is. Kids <laughs> to do push-ups and they're so weak. I mean, they got great thumb dexterity because they can play Fortnite with the motherfucker, but they can't do anything else. But what's the new one? They, there's some new game, Anthem. Uh, that's a new one. I haven't heard that one yet. We're still stuck on uh, Fortnite, and a lot of kids up here like to play like FIFA and Madden and NHL. Okay. Well, the new thing is Anthem. You know, it's it's gonna be it's bigger than Fortnite. So. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start asking around then because uh, I haven't heard that one yet. Oh, well, you know, we we just don't allow the word Fortnite to be said in the facility. It's a ten burpee violation. Uh. <laughs> so say it all you want, but do the burpees. We also don't allow the word. I can't, we can't say I can't. And then uh, we're just getting ready to get over this. But during the World Cup, I didn't want to hear anything more about France. So. Mm. France, I can't, and Fortnite are were, were burpee words. So. <laughs> we'll back off on the French now. That's awesome. That was a good answer, though. I like. Uh, I think um, for those that are listening to this, one of the best things I could ever tell you to do is to literally go find someone who's been in your industry, in your career, whatever it is, who has been literally doing it longer than you've been alive and go just listen to what they have to say because Chad Coy it is awesome whenever I get to talk strength with you. Um, you're just, you just, you just like, it's one of those things you just, it's so simple. I remember you're like, what's a good strength? And you're like, just get fucking strong. Who fucking cares? It's so unique to each individual person. And you're so spot on. I, you know, I, it's funny. Cause like everyone wants to, they want some magic bullet. You know, it's funny. Cause we were, I was trained today. It's like someone brought it up. It's like, you know, this is kind of a shit workout. It's like, you know, Today was kind of a shit workout. I was beat up from yesterday. It's like I was just going get just get the workout done, punch the clock. You know, sometimes it's it's the consistency is probably the number one thing that kids lack. They're inconsistent, and that consistency. I mean, Sir Francis Bacon said, you know, so many centuries ago that you know, consistency is the one uh, is the backbone of all other of all other moral or all other morals or ethics or, or characteristics that you have to have. You know, I don't care if you're intense, if you're not consistent. I don't care if you're disciplined, if you're not consistent. I don't care if you, you know, are persistent. If you're not consistent, you have to be consistent. And I look at my training. What's made me good is my consistency. I mean, you ask when I started training. I started training when I was 12 years old. It was 1980. You know, um, I just watched Conan the Barbarian. So this is way Arnold spurred a lot of people on, you know, but I'd already seen World's Strongest Man on TV and I'd seen – Conan the Barbarian. It's like, I want to go, I want to get, I want to get jacked. So I want to start training. So, you know, I started training in 1980. I've missed 14 workouts since 1980. 14 planned workouts. Now I'll plan a vacation. I'll plan time off. I'll deload. You know, if I get sick, I don't really count that, but I don't get sick very often because I take care of myself. Um, but be consistent. And that's what everyone wants this. I'm going to give you my kid for four weeks to get him ready for football. Uh, he needs to, he needs to, he needs to put 50 pounds on his bench. I'm like, you think I can do that in four weeks? Seriously. You're hot. I don't know whatever you're smoking, share it with me, but, you know, that can't happen. <laughs> so I, I just think that people have to understand that building a general base comes before anything specific, you know, because everyone wants the most advanced shit. They don't need advanced. They just need to do the basics right. I mean, I'm sorry. You can't read Tolstoy until you've learned the ABCs and you've read the first grade reader. In the second grade reader, in the third grade reader, get through high school. Now I'm going to hand you, you know, some, some more advanced shit, you know, and that's what these kids got to realize. Build the basics, and then the basics are the foundation. Now you can put more advanced stuff on that, but 
I don't know when people watch me train, it's like, God, you do pretty basic stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't do anything fancy. You know, they're just let's let's pull heavier deadlifts. You want to get stronger, you know what you gotta do? Put more weight on the bar. That shit's rocket science. Yeah. By what percentage? Fuck, who cares? Put a nickel on. Pull it. There's a PR good. Next week, you know what? Put another nickel on. Do that for tw- the next 50 weeks. It's not, I mean, it's not going to be linear like that, but, you know, most kids just need some basic lifting. We don't need to get these, I mean, I train more conjugate, so mine is much more advanced than most people. But these kids don't need advanced. They need, I mean, Jim Windler hit it right. Five, three, one. Squat, bench, dead, shoulder press, chin up, row. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, John Rustin, the same thing. And this is another guy. This is a PhD physical therapist. Hinge, lunge, squat, press, pull, carry shit. Dan John. I mean, there's a reason why all these people, it's really basic shit. You know what? Now just get strong. Now just put more weight on the bar. That's it. I mean, there's nothing rocket science there. Not a lot. Um, the last thing I've got for you, Chad Coy, is business related. Okay. Your business down in Missouri, um, I believe it's down. It's definitely down from Vermont. Um, down from down and west. Down and west from Vermont um, and Missouri. What are you doing right now that is working really well? Uh, you know what? Just the social media. I mean, I think everyone's – how do you get people through the doors? Social media. People – they, they're, they're living on Facebook and Instagram. So, you know, I put something on our story almost like every day. I plan my post out, you know, every, my, my posts are done for the next two weeks, you know, and I plan and then, then when I get stuff on a daily basis, I put that on our story, you know, and then I do ads where I boost the ads, you know, and if I've got a good post, that's getting some good response organically, then I'll go ahead and boost that. That just brings people through the door. You know, one thing is, is getting, getting bodies through the door. Traditional marketing doesn't work anymore. I mean, this, the newspapers, billboards, all that stuff, that sucks. I mean, I'm sorry. It just sucks. It's worthless. I wouldn't even do it. I would do outreach where you're in front of people. You know, I'd go to soccer matches, go to basketball games, go to volleyball games, the stuff that people need to do, but no one freaking industry wants to get outside their box. They want to stay there. And it's like, I, I just don't know why we're not doing as much business as I want to because people are coming to the door. People don't come to the door because you're Social media sucks, and so do you because you don't go outside your building. Get your ass outside your building. Go in front of people. Go meet people. I mean, we jokingly laugh about it when Bill Parisi started Parisi Speed School. He's driving around in his, in his van talking to kids and coaches and whoever will listen to him. That shit should never stop. That has to go on. And then you use your social media because you can get a bigger reach. It's amazing. A $10 boost gets you 1,000 people to video, see your video. You know, and then I think what you need to do, which I haven't done enough of it because I just don't have, it's been really trying to maintain the quality of the programming and coaching and get social media out there. I need to do more testimonials. People love to hear testimonials about kids. They love to see success stories about kids. That's what gets them coming to the door. Hey, I was asked, how did you hear about us? Well, I saw your social media post on your kid that went to the combine. Okay, that's awesome. You know, and then they, you know, boys, girls, get those kids out in front of them because you're going to touch someone's going to, Oh, I can relate to that. You know, and number one, I think my, my new focus in the next month is really going to come down to in the next couple of months is really hammering everything down self-esteem and self-confidence. You know, that's what people, they want to make their kids. We know that I mean, kids, yeah, speed. I need my kid to be faster. 
that's not rocket science, but I want your kid to have better self-confidence, be, have better self-esteem. That's going to empower him to do other stuff besides sports. Who gives a shit about sports? I really don't. It's student athletes I'm worried about. What I'm worried about is in 20 years, you know what, you, Casey, I, I get to hand the baton off to you. I feel pretty confident it's going to get taken care of. Who are you handing it off to? You know, we've got to create those. We got to take these kids and, and, and invest our time in them to empower them to be successful. And I think that's what that's what's what you need to do, and that's what you need to get in front of people. That's the success that people want to see about their kids. I mean, that's what it's about. I want the I want our kids to walk out our doors and be better people because of because they came through the door. If they were a better athlete, God, that's my job. I suck. I'd really suck if I can't do that. Boom, Mike, drop from Chad Coy. Um, Chad, where do people get more Chad Coy? Well, right now here in Missouri, get all Missouri. the Missouri. You know, um, you know what? Through, I mean, I do a lot of stuff through the Priestly Speed School. Sometimes I write for T Nation. You know, right now it's like I'm, my long-term goal is once once I've gotten through all the shit and got this business built back up, is to do my online stuff. I do a lot of online programming just privately for for athletes, uh, mostly in the strength realm. So. But that's really about it. I mean, I'm not doing anything outside this right now because I'm trying to focus getting this off the ground. So. All right. Well, I'll just make sure the uh, the general social media handles are put in the show notes then. Man, I hear these speed rounds. I'm not going to get a speed round. Um, I mean, I thought you had some things to go. I can get. I can get. I, oh, dude, we can go speed round. Okay. Dude, okay. So we're backtracking. We're backtracking. We're, we're back in. We're back in. We got speed round. I didn't know if you were short for time. Okay. Here we go. Speed round. I can just edit this too and make it seem like it never. Like we just like. Went right into the speed round. Awesome. Um, Let's go. Okay. So we're going to start with a classic live or die. Um, Super Bowl halftimes. And we're going to go with live or die Maroon 5, your boy Adam Levine, or Lady Gaga. They both die. Oh, tough. Harsh. Okay. (laughs) I mean, you're going to laugh at this, Casey. I didn't even watch the game. That's because you're just a bitter man in the Midwest who hates seeing the Patriots win every year. That's okay. That's not true. I like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. <laughs> That's not true. I, I be honest with you, I'm a, I, I was. I said all along I wanted to see him win. I want to see him win. You know why? Because he's 41 years old. He's still out there getting it done. He prepares better than anybody else. Belichick prepares better than anybody else. And they kick people's asses. And they deserve the win. And they got the win. Now, when it's all said and done, I really wish I'd have watched the game because a 13-6 game. That was a defensive struggle. I'd probably like to watch that one. But I just, <laughs> it wasn't that good of a game. It really wasn't. I just, I just, I don't, number one, I just, I don't own it. I have TV, but I don't have TV if you get what I'm saying. No. Okay. Next yeah. speed round. Next speed round question. This is a classic strength coach question. And shout out to Scott Caulfield um, because he, I always see this hashtag on his social media. Black sweatpants or gray sweatpants? Oh, black for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Black sweatpants <laughs> society is where it's at. Black. Well, you gotta go black because if you had gray, you got ass sweat, which you end up having ass sweat. <laughs> and you know, everyone knows you got a sweaty ass, so I go black all the way. Oh, just that's a veteran move right there. That's how you know it's you've been in the game for a while. And they're slimming, and black is slimming. You've got a large posterior chain. You have <laughs> Um, so chocolate protein or vanilla protein? Yes. Wow. See, we only weirdos drink vanilla. 
No, you take the vanilla and oh. you shit. You know, so you take a can of pumpkin, and now you put your you put your vanilla protein in the pumpkin. You mix it up. You throw in a little cinnamon, a little truvia, and you know what you're eating? You're eating a pumpkin pie with protein, with no crust. So it's freaking awesome. So you got uh. some low glycemic, low glycemic, low carbohydrates and some protein. Solid, brother. You gotta try it. That just sounds like diarrhea in the future i don't know vanilla protein anyone who like says vanilla protein is good if you're listening to this podcast and you're like yeah i like vanilla protein you're an alien you're an alien how's that you know all protein is equal it goes in my belly and makes me grow oh jeez i don't give a shit oh i will send you a picture i've got chocolate vanilla uh orange creamsicle milk flavored you name it man i got it all because it's like just eat it what is the strongest thing you've seen in the gym? What do you mean? The strongest thing I've seen in the gym? Yeah. You've been in a lot of gyms with a lot of strong people. What is the strongest thing you've seen in the gym? <sighs> What's the definition of strength? I mean, I mean, what, uh, what, whatever your definition of strength is, man, that's what I ask. You. What have you seen in the gym that's strong? You know, one time Dave Oslin came down and was training at my place, and I had a 405-pound stone that he loaded on top of a 72-inch box. I thought that was pretty strong. Oh. Uh, you know, one of my clients, uh, one of my clients, there was a deadlift challenge. It was 315 pounds. You had three minutes to pull max reps. He pulled 52 reps, and at about 40 reps, he's puked and puked down his chest and just kept pulling. So that was mental that's strong. <laughs> you know, that's mental strength. Um, strong. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just there's so. It just depends on your definition of strength. I've seen. Some, well, that's what it but, is. That's why I ask you because you've seen a lot. So Brian, Brian Shaw was at my gym in 2014, and he was deadlifting in the rack with a lot of band tension, and just literally bent a bar while he was deadlifting. Homemade buffalo bar. Yeah, it pretty much was. It was pretty much for shit after that. So we just used it for rack pulls. <laughs> no one pulled as much as he did, so it didn't really matter. Because he was pulling like a – how was five years ago he was pulling like 900 pounds. Now he's deadlifting. He just pulled uh, 1026 Thursday night. Oof. His last so deadlift. Strong. What is your – where, or I should say where has your favorite place to train been? I'd have to go like top five. Okay. Um, I'll allow it. Number one training hall when I had my gym in Kokomo. Cause you know why? Cause it was dark dungeony. Uh, you had every toy possible known to man and, implement, and it was just, you could put loud music on and you could spit on the floor. You could soil yourself and no one gave a shit. <laughs> um, then there's the training hall by Ode Haugen out in California I trained at Odes, and this was when before it was used to be in his garage. And you know what? That was probably one of the hard, most hardcore places to train. Um, I do. I will say this: I love training in Fairlawn at Rich Sadiv's place because it's like he's got every toy, so it's kind of like Disney World. So I just run around doing all kinds of crazy shit, and it's just fun. Um, quads Gym. Quads, uh, both quads gyms in Chicago. Ed Cone trains there, um, trained there several times. You know, it's just great memorabilia. 
just a freaking great place to train. Um, and there was an old place in Evansville, Indiana called The Pit. And it was really just a hardcore – everything was like Ellington, Darden, Stuart McLaughlin. Full body, trained to you. I mean, if, if someone was puking every every workout, there were puke buckets around the gym. Oh. So, I mean, just when you back and when you just train, those crazy bastards just train to you vomit. And then, you know what, honestly, growing up, I, one of the places I, I still is very nostalgic. Um, I love going back to the Kokomo YMCA. Now they've rebuilt it. So there's no, uh, they don't have the old plates, but they had those old thick york plates those deep dish sicilian pizza looking yeah plates, hell yeah that were like five inches wide and you could only fit six plates on a bar but going there and squatting and training with those plates and you know that just you know they had these old crusty work just shitty dumbbells and this old nautilus that they finally just got rid of i love the nautilus duo squat so i love that place because i just had good memories of when i was a kid you know you just get up there and just get after it it's like you know and then you know as a kid it's like we did everything. I was more in high intensity at the time. So I trained three days a week, 12 movements. And if you didn't puke every workout, you were a pussy. So <laughs> trust me, I was never going to be called a pussy because I was going to go until I vomited on something. You know? But those are, there's some really cool places around this country to train. That's awesome. What's your cool. best, what's um, your lifetime best pull, squat, and bench? Give me the Chad Coy lifetime. Um, lifetime best ever bench. Is that in a meet or just in the gym? Either, ever. Uh, 400, 420 in a meet, 405 for a triple with an axle in, in the gym um, with a bench. Then uh, deadlift, my best pull ever in a contest. Uh, well, 712 and a half back in 95, and I shit myself, so I didn't lock it out, so I didn't really get it. But um, I've pulled 8.15 for a triple on a trap bar and 7.90 on a strip bar. And best squat in competition was 7.70. After I retired from powerlifting, just a strongman, I hit 8.43 for a single and 8.03 for a triple. Wow. Just to give – I just wanted to give a little perspective to the people listening to this because um, – I keep saying it, but when you're friends with people who are stronger than you, you tend to get strong, and uh, those numbers speak for themselves. You, you know, you know if the one thing I would honestly say for most people is find someone better than you and train them. Um, I've had the opportunity over a lifetime to have a lot of training crews, and when you get the, a good, the right training crew, you get in there and you start getting after it. You know, and a lot of times those are my coaches or, my, or, or the guys that work for me. And I'll tell you what, like when you got young guys pushing in and guys that are stronger, you get getting after it. I mean, that's the number one thing. You want a good training crew, and you'll you'll make gains like none other. But the training crew will definitely spur you to do stuff that you wouldn't do. So awesome, Chad Coy. I appreciate you coming on on a late night Sunday night for this podcast. What would we call this? Late night with Chad? Yeah, late night talks with Chad. It's amazing. Chad Coy, until Nashville. Thank you. Hey, we are throwing axes. We're going to drink beer and throw axes. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Hi, everyone. It's Casey again. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And I wanted to ask you a huge favor. 
I don't ask for a lot of favors, but if you could, whatever you're listening to this podcast through iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, if you could take a minute and just go write a review, I would really appreciate it. I don't get any bonus points or anything like that for it, but I really think it would help get the word out. And if this podcast has helped you, it might help someone else and it'll do a better job of getting that word out to who might need it.